thank you everyone for that um, beautiful rendition of Happy Birthday. <laughs> um, indeed, it is my birthday today. Um, yeah, they just keep coming, don't they? <laughs> I think as you get older as well, you like throughout the week, you'll kind of forget that it's coming, and you have a moment like, oh, oh yeah, that's right. But um, no, it is good. Um, ben surprised me with a present this morning, and he he hates doing presents. Like and for everybody else, I'll do most of the presents, but for me, I'm like, I'm not doing my own present. Um, and so, well, I don't. I thought he'd actually. I wasn't sure what he'd done because we talked about um, getting a bike, but we hadn't got organised with that. So I wasn't actually expecting anything, but he had been very sneaky and knew that, had noted down that um, a couple of months ago I'd said that I'd love to get a a little Polaroid camera. I just think that's super cool. And so he had very sneakily gone and got one, um, and as we're navigating, you know, shared accounts and all those things this year, he'd sneakily managed to do it that I hadn't noticed at all. Um, it had arrived a couple of weeks ago, and he surprised me with it this morning with a beautiful handmade birthday card because he knows that, word, knows that words are really important to me. So, yeah, so he did a great job this morning. <laughs> he then proceeded to sing Celine Dion all the way out here. I was like... <laughs> Oh, as I even pulled out, it's my birthday, can you please stop? <laughs> but no, he loves it, so no, he did very well, it's been a great day. <laughs> oh, he's, he even said, he's like, you should tell the church this, so there we go. <laughs> um, yeah, guys, we've got like one service left out here at Selwyn for the end of the year, till the end of the year. Like, isn't that crazy? So next week we've got Christmas in the lane, so we're not going to be here. We're going to be in a, um, at Hanson's Lane at the park at the front of the Vita, and Tim's going to tell you a little bit more about that later on. It's going to be really, really awesome and super encourage you guys to come along. Um, and then we've got a service out here, and then we have... Um, it's Christmas, and we've got our service in at La Vida. Like, it's crazy. Anyone else got in this kind of, like, conflict of, like, where has 2020 gone? And, like, I'm really happy to see 2020 go. Like, it's a weird space, right? Um, Now, I have to admit, I have been thinking and kind of pondering on this message for a couple of weeks, and I panicked a little last Sunday when Jeremiah got up to speak um, because he started, and I was like, he's stolen my message. And, you know, sometimes you're like, okay, cool, like, I think God's saying something. But then at the same time, like, I'm halfway there on that. Like, I don't want to have to start the whole thing again. So as he started and was um, talking about the, the, wise man and the wise man and the Christmas story and said, come before King Herod, I was like, where's he going with this? Like, where's he going? But then um, he went off on a, another tangent, which is really great, and I encourage you, if you weren't here, have a listen to the message. But um, he left the track that I was planning on going down free, so I was like, whoo! Um, but he did, he did say that he has um, been reading through. Am I, team, is that just me going too close or is that, do you want me to move back? No, we're good? Okay. Cool. Um, yeah, so he'd been reading the Christmas story in the lead up to Christmas. And I, I quite like to do this in December as well. What I think is just so amazing about what we know as the Christmas story is that it wasn't the Christmas story when it happened, right? They were just heading down to Bethlehem for the census. And, you know, it was just some ordinary days for the rest of the world, right? 
But in the midst of it, God was doing something extraordinary. And I love to be reminded of that, that God can do extraordinary things on very ordinary days. Now, that was Jill's message from the week before, so you can go have a listen to that. So I'm not going down that track either. But I do like to, like to read through the Christmas story and just go, man, there is just something truly wonderful and incredible about it, right? And Tim, can I grab the timer, please? And um, this time as I was reading through, I was actually listening to it, and um, I was struck by there was a phrase that came up twice, and it was a phrase that I, I knew, but I didn't realize that it was actually in there twice, and I wondered if you maybe have. So it's from Luke chapter 2, verse 13. So suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about this child. Now, this isn't the message, but just something that I thought of note. It's interesting how God will use our pre-existing networks, right? When he does something in our lives, that he knew that these were going to be the ones that were going to get the message out. They didn't go and like make new friends because of it. He used who they already knew and where they already were. But anyway, side note. Um, so we went and told them all, and all who heard were amazed at what the shepherd said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. You guys have heard that phrase before, right? Yeah, it's pretty well known. Okay, then we go down to Luke chapter 2, verse 41. Every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up to the festival according to the custom. After the festival was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. Thinking he was in their company, they traveled on for a day. Then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. Can you just imagine what that trip was like? He was with you. No, he was with you. You were meant to be watching him. After three days, three days, could you just, could anyone imagine the state of their mother if they hadn't been able to find him for three days? Like, after three days, they lost God. Doesn't that just make everyone else feel a little bit better? For three days, you lost God. Like, there was angels at this child's birth. There were stars over the third. Like, there was prophecies about it. And you lose him for three days. Can you imagine the panic? Does anyone else just feel a little bit better about how they're doing in life right now? <laughs> After three days, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him... They were astonished. His mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. I feel that's very gracious in Mary's response. I don't feel like that would be my mother if I'd been missing for three days. Why were you searching for me, he asked. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what it was he was saying to them. Not surprised, it's been three days, right? 
Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. Now, there is many a woman's devotional on the patience of mothers watching their children and spending time pondering what God has placed within their children. That's good. But I don't think that this passage was included in Scripture just for women's devotionals. Do I have anyone else agree with me? The fact that it is mentioned twice within the chapter means that it's supposed to get our attention. And it gives me an indication that there is something that we can all take away from this. There are things that happen and that we learn that we are to hold closely and deeply in our lives. There are things that happen and that we learn that we are to hold closely and deeply in our lives. I feel pretty certain that when Mary had to walk through the challenges that were to come, the whispers and the looks she received because people knew her story, ah, sure, an angel and the spirit came upon you. The attention and the controversy that would come to Jesus, his arrest, his crucifixion and resurrection, that those moments that she had treasured and pondered, I'm sure were some of the things that she drew on again. So, what are the things that we have treasured up and ponder in our hearts about Jesus? We can find these in a few different ways and places. In personal encounters with God, promises, words, or dreams that he has dropped into our hearts, things that have happened to us that we know can only be God. You know those moments where you're like, you can't necessarily explain it to someone else, but you just know that you know deep within here, that God is doing something. What about, what about the moment when you first realized who Jesus was? That you could have maybe heard about it, it could have been something that was talked about in your family, or maybe it was just totally new information, and you were like, actually, Jesus wasn't just a fictional character, but he was a real man who walked this earth and that we have an account of the incredible life that he did and the significance of what his death and resurrection meant in reconciling our relationship to God, that we could freely come in to God's presence. We didn't need to be ashamed. There was nothing that we needed to get sorted before we went to him. Do you remember that moment? That moment when maybe you first felt his presence, when you're like, whoa, I've never felt anything like this before in my life. And I know that not everybody experiences God in that way, but there's personal moments that we have with God 
where there's light bulbs, where there's, you know, just a deep settledness, an incredible sense of peace, a moment where things make sense, a moment where you go, whoa, the story is so much bigger than I thought it was, and I get to be a part of it. You know, we can have these thoughts and these moments that we treasure and ponder in community. We can learn to hold on to things that God has done in the lives of others. You know, I've been so encouraged this year, I'm just going to be a little embarrassed, but just as I've got to know Elizabeth more and just learning more about her journey and God's faithfulness in her life and then she's told stories of different things that God has done in her children's lives and you know, particularly Andrew and Karen who you know, I work with but I had no idea that there was some significant stuff that God had done. And I was like, you know, it encourages me that I'm like, wow. You know, as I've spoken with Mel and Phil and you know, as they've journeyed through businesses in a season and Mel's talked about you know, times when there has been struggles and they've taken it to God in prayer and seeing God's provision and God's leading and God's guiding. And I go, man, that's amazing. You know, people I've talked to in this room who have seen God do incredible healings in their lives. Miracle babies. You know, just times when he's been so close and so present in ways that they were just like, man, this is incredible. You know, those stories that we can learn and we can glean from. Stories of God's provision, God's faithfulness, how he has worked in others' lives over many, many years. It's important that our roots are planted and connected in church. Just like a healthy forest, the ecosystems lean into each other. And I'm not going to go too much into this because I know there are people in this room with agricultural degrees who could give lectures on this stuff. But you know, from my simple understanding that a beautiful forest is so deeply interconnected and that it's ability to sustain life within it for many different things comes from that connectedness and that leaning on each other. And I think that that's what a picture of a church is meant to be. We bring our diversity and we lean on each other. As we're connected to each other, we are able to sustain, see life sustained. In a moment, I'm going to ask Nidiana and Nevaeh um, to come up. They're going to be baptized at the Sisson's home after the service today. Baptism is a public declaration that they are choosing to follow Jesus. It's symbolic of the washing away of our old lives, the selfish parts that desire to do things our way, and a surrendering to choose God's way. It's symbolic of Christ's death and resurrection and his lordship over our lives. We get to join together and be part of each other's journey. And so I asked them if they're going to come forward. They've been very brave and share a little bit of their story. Uh, yeah. <laughs> And I encourage you guys to to come down this afternoon, maybe go, oh, I don't know that I necessarily know them that well, but I encourage you to come be part of it because this is community, this is family, this is a commitment to walking and growing and investing in each other together. So we're going to have some pizza. Yeah, come up on stage, guys. And and in the Sisson Spa, we're going to baptize these guys, which is super exciting. So this is Nidiana and Nevaeh. Okay, smiley faces, friendly faces, guys. (laughs) 
Okay, sometimes when you guys are like concentrating, you look serious and a little bit grumpy. Okay, so just smiles, be supportive. No, it's good. Um, no, we are, these guys are awesome and we are so excited to have them as part of our family. They're a bit of a new addition, eh? but um, I'll, Emma could grab their mic and um, I'm just going to get these guys to introduce themselves and share a little bit. No. <laughs> I'll, I'll introduce her. <laughs> um, I'm Natiana. You can check it on here if you want. Put this is um, Nevea. She's 12 years old. Um, sorry, I've written something down so that I don't keep you here all day. <laughs> um, so just a little bit about our journey. Um, I'm born in Kenya, so I moved to New Zealand um, in 1999 with my family. Um, I grew up in a Christian home. Um, however, I faced many challenges <laughs> um, over the years, which led to me being a very troubled teenager. Um, at the age of 17, I fell pregnant with my beautiful daughter here, Nevaeh. Um, and fast forward through, keep all the, you know, the gruesome parts out, <laughs> I suppose. Um, in 2017, I was blessed with my wonderful partner, Darren, and my two uh, baby boys, Hercules and Samson. Now... Later that year, Darren and I both committed our lives to Jesus. Um, And that's where the transformation began for us. Um, We're so happy today to be able to stand here and declare that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Saviour. Being saved for us means that we've been rescued. You know, it means that we don't have to try and live up to anyone else's expectations. Mm -hmm. So good. Um, It means that we don't have to hide in our shame anymore. It also means that we don't have to attempt to fix our lives on our own. Mm. He rescued us from all of that, and most importantly, his love is all that we will ever need. Jesus paid the price for our sins, and all we want to do from this day forward is live out the rest of our lives for him. Thank you. Yeah, great job. (laughs) Thank Oh, isn't it cool? Like, this is the beauty of being part of community and family. And so I encourage you guys, like, we'd love for you to come and um, come and be a part of it. There's plenty of pizza. Um, so cruise down at 1 o'clock to the Sisson's Place. And uh, we'd love to um, pray with these guys and be part of the journey of baptizing them. We also find moments and things to treasure in Scripture. The greatest treasure that we have. God's intention for humanity and his outworking of his redemptive and restorative plan in the middle of complex and at times messy human lives. Isn't that just like a little bit of an understatement of the Bible, right? (laughs) But time and time again, we see God at work calling people ministering to people, walking with people. This year has had some challenges. Anyone else agree? (laughs) Again, another understatement. But as staff this week, we talked about how the councillors, even the councillors in our city, are saying that actually lockdown and what has happened in people's lives, that we've often been drawing from reserves that we haven't had, and that people are a lot more tired than what they actually realise they are. It's like we've been drawing on a credit card rather than using our savings. 
the normal things that would normally fill us aren't always covering the overdraft of 2020. Do I have any friends? And so I think maybe this year, more than any, more than any before, it's important for us to treasure and ponder and linger a little longer than we normally would. Taking the time and the moments this Christmas to think about what God has done in our lives this year and looking for the bigger picture of God's story and treasuring the hope that he gives us. I've been reading Michelle Obama's autobiography recently and they talk about how their campaigns, they had this phrase, hope is making the comeback. And it was one of the big phrases of Barack's campaign. And I don't know about you, but I don't know that the hope of all humanity is going to reside simply in a political party. But I love the phrase because I think we all need hope. There are so many people who are desperate for hope to make a comeback. Hope lies in knowing that we were created, crafted together, lovingly and intricately, created with a meaning and purpose. We weren't forced, but we were given the ability to choose love and trust. That when selfishness and selfish ambition drive our decisions, the world becomes a broken and messy place. But that God never gives up on people, and he always continues to be at work, providing a way for redemption and restoration in lives, communities, generations, and the whole of creation. And that in our baby, born where no one expected, in the messiness of an animal stable, that God became Emmanuel, God with us. The God who was close, present in the pain and brokenness of this world. He would walk talk, eat, celebrate, live, love, pray, heal, cry, teach, command the storms to cease and the, st- and the seas to hold the weight of his frame as he walked across them. All to show us what the Father was like. To reconcile the relationship and demonstrate the kind of relationship that we could have with the Father. And all of this lay within a child who lay in the arms of his mother, who lay in a stable because there was no room at the inn. For everything that 2020 has brought our way, I really hope it finishes with a fresh sense of wonder at the Christmas story again. The incredible hope that we have in Jesus. And I hope this Christmas we take moments to treasure and ponder things in our hearts, to not rush through the silly season, 
but linger a little longer in moments. To stay a moment longer when we look at the star on the tree and be reminded of the one that hung over the stable. When we see the lights, to ponder the true light of the world. To look at creation and take a deep breath and know that this was all created for us to enjoy in relationship with a loving God. Taking moments to recognize the many blessings in our lives and that we are blessed to be a blessing, especially in this season. I'm reminded of Isaiah 9, verses 6 and 7. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. For the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. Team, if you would like to come back, I've actually asked them to, we've done a bit of a reshuffle some of the songs, and um, this is one that you might have heard for the first time last week, but it's called Here Comes Heaven. And it's a little bit of a Christmas carol by the Elevation Worship Team. But I wanted to have it as a little bit of a ministry song today, because I wanted us to take a couple of moments and just reflect on that incredible wonder of this Christmas story. And in the midst of a busy year, let's take a couple of moments and ponder and treasure and linger on some of these thoughts of what God was doing in that place, what he was doing in that baby, and the incredible hope that that now gives us. So would you stand? And I'd love to pray. Father, we are thankful for Jesus. Lord, and we finished this year having seen so many things. But we choose to look to you. We choose to finish it, fixing our eyes on Jesus. And Lord, we pray that this Christmas, Father, you will fill our hearts again with a fresh sense of wonder of all that you are doing. Lord, we ponder your greatness. We treasure that you came and lived among us. And Lord, we love that you call us. We love that you call us deeper into relationship with you. And Lord, we pray that you just fill us again with your joy. That there will be something that will be beyond our circumstances but will be so deep within us that the hope of all humanity, the hope that lay within this tiny baby, will reside within us as well.
Lord, I pray that this Christmas it will overflow out of us as we go to work dues, as we go to family events, and all the places that we're going to go in the next couple of weeks. Lord, let your hope and your joy reside in us and flow out of us. In Jesus' beautiful name, amen.